tossing and turning all night like a salad, it's time to put those sleepless nights to bed for good. Enter Tanasi, my sleep saviors, and they have science to back up their sleep, anxiety, and pain-relieving powers. Back in 2016, they invested a $2.5 million grant to Middle Tennessee State University to study the hemp plant. Turns out their special patent-pending CBD-CBDA formula is twice as effective as CBD alone and can be more effective than over-the-counter ibuprofen, acetaminophen, and aspirin. So if you're tired of tossing and turning like a rotisserie chicken, then Tanasi's got your back with their range of great products from tinctures to gummies to lotions. Tanasi is my go-to when I can't sleep or I have way too much anxiety. I'm so glad that I discovered them. So go to Tanasi.com and use the code POWER to get 25% off your order. That's Tanasi.com, T-A-N-A-S-I, to get 25% off your first order with the promo code POWER. Sober Powered is sponsored by BetterHelp. I was a stress drinker and I thought if only I didn't have so much stress, I wouldn't have to drink this much. But do you know why I had all this stress? Because I didn't have the skills to take stressors off my plate so they built up and wore me down. Some stressors are big and others are small, but carrying around 25 minor annoyances is going to have an impact on you. Plus, did you know that alcohol messes with our stress response system and decreases our ability to handle stress? It makes small things seem like a much bigger deal. Learning how to manage stress and take things off my plate has changed my life. I'm calm, I'm less reactive, and I believe that I can handle whatever comes my way. I feel proud of the way that I handle things now. You can get there too. Get it off your chest with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com sober to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp. H-E-L-P dot com slash sober. Are you tired of your digestive system feeling like a circus act gone wrong? Introducing Ritual's 3-in-1 Gut Superhero Symbiotic Plus, a probiotic, prebiotic, and postbiotic all rolled into one. And with 25% off with the code POWER, there's no better time to check out Ritual. Let's break it down. Probiotics are like the cool kids at the gut party, keeping everything in check and making sure the good vibes are flowing. Prebiotics are their wingmen, fueling the party with all the right snacks to keep the good bacteria thriving. And postbiotics, well, they're like the cleanup crew, sweeping away the mess and leaving your gut feeling fresh and fabulous. So say goodbye to the gut drama and remember, there's no more shame in your gut game. Symbiotic Plus and Ritual are here to celebrate, not hide your insides. Get 25% off your first month for a limited time at ritual.com power. I'm Jill, and I'm a sober scientist who talks about the science and psychology of addiction. There are a lot of things that influence developing an addiction, and none of them are that we're weak-willed losers. In the Sober Powered Podcast, you'll learn how and why addiction develops, how alcohol changes the brain to keep us drinking, and most importantly, that you're not alone. The things you experience are experienced by many of us. Welcome back to the Sober Powered Podcast. 
Today, I'm going to talk about what to expect when you stop drinking. I'll walk you through the physical and mental improvements that you can expect from the first few days up to the first few years. You'll learn how in some areas of our health, things may get a little worse before they get better and what challenges to expect in early sobriety that might throw you off and trigger you to drink. I'll also refer you back to some of my older episodes where I explain some of these concepts in more detail. So make sure to listen to those if you're interested in learning more. Let's dig in. Depending on how much you drink, your tolerance, and the speed that your body processes alcohol, most of the alcohol should leave your system in the first 12 to 24 hours after your last drink, and that is when withdrawal symptoms start. These could be the shakes, throwing up, anxiety, sweating, fatigue, insomnia, cravings, or depression. Withdrawal peaks between 24 to 72 hours after your last drink, and this is when the most severe withdrawal symptoms can show up, like dangerously fast heart rate, high blood pressure, hallucinations, confusion, and seizures. If you have symptoms of delirium tremens or are just concerned about withdrawal, then it's important to talk to your doctor. Don't let fear of withdrawal keep you drinking because after withdrawal symptoms peak, they begin to get better. And remember, they peak 24 to 72 hours after your last drink. You can do this. So again, please talk to your doctor if you're afraid and listen to episode 38 where I discuss withdrawal and delirium tremens in more detail. So withdrawal symptoms should end three to seven days after your last drink, and if they're hanging around for up to a week, it doesn't mean that you're suffering the entire time. It could be symptoms like insomnia and night sweats, and those are really common and manageable. If you are experiencing heartburn, then you should notice that it's improved after your first week of sobriety. If you struggle with anxiety, then you may find that you have extra anxiety when you stop drinking. This is normal because of the way that alcohol changes the brain. I have a video on my YouTube channel that explains why alcohol causes anxiety, or you could go listen to episode 22. But basically, alcohol slows down the brain. So then the brain releases neurotransmitters to speed itself up and cancel out the alcohol that you're drinking. The brain's always trying to remain balanced. So whatever you do with alcohol, it's going to try to counteract to maintain this balance. And when the alcohol wears off, your brain becomes overexcited and this is what feels like that extra anxiety. Feeling anxiety in the beginning is a main contributor for someone going back to drinking. If the anxiety that you're experiencing is overwhelming, please have a conversation with your doctor and see if they can help you. There's no shame in taking medication if you need it. And continuing to drink because the anxiety is unmanageable is not the answer because your brain will continue to adapt to the alcohol that you're drinking, your tolerance will increase, and then the anxiety when you try to quit next time may be even worse. After the withdrawal stage is over and you feel better physically, it's really easy for those thoughts to creep in about drinking again, and this is where many people fall off. If this is you, then remind yourself that social drinkers do not experience withdrawal when they decide to take a break from alcohol. The reason that we experience withdrawal at all is because our body and brain have become dependent on alcohol. Maybe not physically addicted to it, but dependent in some way. You experience withdrawal because you abused alcohol and got your body used to functioning with alcohol present. 
So a lot of us expect that we just need to stop drinking, get through withdrawal, and then life will be perfect. That's what we see online, right? From other sober people, life is just amazing. The truth is, learning how to live without alcohol and deal with your life is very challenging. It's normal for your emotions to be heightened and fragile in early sobriety. This is something that I'll be discussing in my upcoming emotional sobriety course, but people who abuse alcohol are generally more emotionally reactive than social drinkers. And for the first few weeks of sobriety, this gets worse. So combine that with not understanding how to handle emotions and you have some excellent triggers to drink. But just know that after the first few weeks, the emotional centers in your brain begin to relax because they aren't influenced by alcohol anymore. You still need to learn how to handle emotions so that they don't constantly overwhelm you. But if you feel extra emotional in the beginning... Remember that that is normal and expected. And go listen to episode 35 if you haven't yet. The whole episode is about emotional sobriety and dealing with your feelings. You're also probably going to feel pretty tired. And this is because alcohol is energizing, not just because of the additional calories that it provides, but because the brain can run on it for fuel. If you remember back in episode 33... Alcohol is converted to acetate in the body, which makes its way to the brain and is used for energy. The more we abuse alcohol, the more acetate is available to the brain, and eventually the brain prefers to use acetate for energy instead of glucose. So you teach your brain to actually run on alcohol for fuel. When you stop drinking, all of a sudden you've deprived your brain of its new preferred source of energy and it has to relearn how to use glucose for energy and that adjustment period is why you may feel very tired in the beginning of sobriety. As your body continues to adjust to no alcohol, your sleep will also change. We think that we need alcohol to sleep, but alcohol prevents us from getting as much REM sleep as we need. I discuss sleep in a lot of detail in episode 3, but alcohol is more like anesthesia than a sleep aid. Passing out is not the same as going to sleep. So alcohol sends us into deep sleep right away, but then the second half of the night, we're waking up frequently and alternating between light sleep and being awake, so we're not really getting rest. We're supposed to have REM cycles throughout the night, and alcohol significantly decreases the amount of REM that you get. When you stop drinking, you may experience REM rebound where you enter REM more often and stay in this stage for longer. So REM sleep is where we dream. So if you're getting more REM sleep, you're probably experiencing more vivid dreams. So this combined with the stress and anxiety of not drinking and adjusting to sober living makes it really easy to have drinking dreams. So you may start dreaming about drinking alcohol in your dream, And it feels so real because you're having this rebound REM that makes your dream so vivid. Many of us will even wake up feeling guilty or upset that we relapsed. And then it takes a moment to realize that it was actually a dream and not real. I experienced these dreams until I was about eight or nine months sober and haven't had any since. So you may experience them a lot in the beginning, but the longer that you stay sober, the less frequent they'll become until they eventually go away. Alcohol negatively impacts all areas of the brain, but it has a really big impact on our cognition. 
So for the first few weeks, you may experience confusion, irritability, being easily distracted, trouble concentrating, slower reaction times, and trouble understanding new information. Just like how our emotions are heightened in early sobriety, the cognitive defects from abusing alcohol are also heightened. And things may feel worse before they get better, and that's normal. A couple months into sobriety, you should notice a significant improvement in your cognitive abilities. So now we're around two weeks of sobriety, and you might start to feel proud of yourself. The more things that you get through without drinking, like social events, weekends, stressful situations, the more you begin to believe in yourself. You might never have expected to actually make it a couple weeks without drinking. So if you're feeling proud of yourself, really embrace that feeling because this is not an easy thing to do. And on the other hand, it's really normal to feel sad too. There's a grieving process that needs to happen when we stop drinking. And it might not necessarily be grieving the fun times that you had, but it could be grieving the idea of having fun times in the future. We believe that alcohol is essential for weddings, weekends, vacations, or celebrations. And if you feel sad or left out, then just know it's totally normal to feel that way. You can miss the idea of alcohol while also acknowledging that you are not someone who can drink socially. So if you're grieving the loss of alcohol in your life or feeling sad that you'll never drink again or that you might miss out on stuff in the future, just know that that is okay. Don't feel guilty for having those thoughts or beat yourself up for it, that's a really normal thing to experience. And it's normal for those thoughts to come back later in sobriety too. So after one month of not drinking, your body should be feeling pretty good. Your sleep has probably improved. Your ability to concentrate and just general feelings of mental clarity have improved. Liver fat can decrease by up to 20%. Your blood sugar should decrease. Your resting heart rate and blood pressure should decrease. And your bad cholesterol levels can go down as long as you're not replacing alcohol with very unhealthy food. So this means that your risk of developing type 2 diabetes and heart disease have also decreased. We talked about free radicals last week and how chronic heavy drinkers will process alcohol by alternative pathways because their liver gets saturated. And one of these pathways produces free radicals that damage the body. So not only is your cancer risk now a lot less, but free radicals are able to react with LDL or our bad cholesterol and cause it to be deposited in our arteries. So this doesn't happen for social drinkers because they're not drinking enough to turn on these alternative pathways for breaking down alcohol. So now your risk of heart disease and just damage to your circulatory system is a lot less. Your skin should start looking better too, but if it doesn't, don't worry. So my skin got worse before it got better. So the mysterious dry patches that I had disappeared, but I developed really painful cystic acne for the first six months of sobriety. It was minor. It was like one at a time, and you'd never notice it unless you saw me face to face or you really like scrutinize my pictures, but I don't struggle with acne at all and have never struggled with cystic acne. So alcohol messes up our hormones and it takes time for the body to regulate itself. So if your skin gets a little worse in the beginning, just remember it's your body trying to figure out what's going on. 
so now almost 21 months in, I have not struggled with acne since. So one month in, this could also be a time when your mind starts telling you it's been long enough. Maybe you can drink socially now. Maybe you weren't that bad. You know, you've learned so much. You would never let alcohol control your life again. But remember, people that can drink socially, just go do that. They don't need to take breaks to reset. And if your mind is telling you this, it's really normal. Most of us will struggle with these thoughts. And that's because we're obsessed with alcohol. But what helps me is to remember that even if I could magically moderate my drinking, one drink never satisfied me. So try to think of it that way. Not like, oh, I wish I could drink socially, but think back. Would drinking that amount actually satisfy you? The answer is probably no. You might also experience periods of depression, anger, irritability, low libido, and other mood-related symptoms. So this could be post-acute withdrawal syndrome, or PAUSE, which is your brain adjusting to life without alcohol. It has to learn how to produce the correct levels of neurotransmitters and hormones on its own without relying on alcohol to do certain things like calm the brain down. And this adjustment period takes much longer than like physical withdrawal does, and it can last up for a year depending on how much you drank, how many years you drank, and just your genetics. So pause will come and go in cycles. It's not like a constant thing that you suffer with for a year. And if you are suffering with emotional issues constantly, that is something that I really recommend talking to a therapist about. So I have a YouTube video planned for Tuesday, August 17th, explaining pause. So make sure to check that out if that's something that you're interested in or you're wondering if that's what you're experiencing. You might also crave alcohol which is something else that's really normal and common. And this could be because you're in situations where you used to drink, people are drinking around you, or you get triggered to drink by a strong negative emotion. But cravings also occur because the brain was relying on alcohol to function normally. And the brain starts asking you for alcohol because it's used to functioning with it. It doesn't really know how to function by itself anymore. But with time, your brain will learn to function normally without alcohol. You just have to give yourself time and adjust to sober living. If you try to white knuckle your way through sobriety and just endure it, then your cravings will probably get pretty intense. So if you're struggling with cravings, this could be something great to talk about with a therapist or in meetings with other sober people who have experienced the same thing. Another potential benefit is weight loss. And if you've listened to episode 34, then you know it's not just the empty calories from alcohol that prevents drinkers from losing weight. It's an entire episode's worth of info on its own, which is too much to go into right now. But make sure to check out that episode if you want to hear the explanation. I lost weight slowly over my sobriety, like half pound a week. But that slow weight loss added up to a total of 25 pounds. So don't beat yourself up if you're not losing weight quickly enough. Plus, I ate a lot of sugar in the beginning and still do. So I was still able to lose weight. Sugar cravings are also super common in sobriety, which I explained in episode 41 and gave you some tips on how to handle that. So don't be surprised if all of a sudden you go from not caring about dessert at all to wanting like all the cookies that you can find. Overall, studies show 
that the brain recovers well and quickly in areas like our memory and your ability to use and understand verbal language. But other functions may take more time and effort to recover, like visio-spatial skills, multitasking, ability to remember main ideas, sustained attention, impulse control, emotional face recognition or empathy, and planning skills. So therapy and practice are good ways to put effort into recovering and developing these skills. Some of these skills can even take a year or even a few years to recover. So if you're six months in and you're struggling a little bit with cognition, just know that that doesn't have to be permanent. So you can recognize where you need to improve and work with a therapist on doing that. And your brain is going to keep recovering and healing itself for a few years potentially after you stop drinking. So most of the health benefits are seen in the first few months of sobriety, the physical ones, but the mental improvements can continue for the first few years. So that all depends on, again, how much you drink, how long you drank for, and your genetics. The beginning of sobriety is really hard because our brain is telling us to drink because it thinks it needs alcohol to function correctly, and we're getting triggered by strong emotions. Extra anxiety in the beginning and insomnia are also really common, but if you stick with it, work on new ways to handle stress, address the reasons why you were drinking in the first place, and work on creating a life you love, then staying sober is a wonderful experience. If you find yourself struggling with sobriety and not enjoying it, then that may be because you have things in your life that you need to fix. Staying in a bad relationship or working a terrible job are not going to bring you happiness or allow you to work on your sobriety. They will just create more triggers and cravings. And you'll be able to see just how unhappy these things are making you, and you may not want to see that. So quitting drinking is the first step. But once you stop drinking, you finally gain the ability to improve your life. I mentioned a ton of different episodes and resources inside of this one episode. So those will all be in the show notes if you don't remember, but we're interested in checking some of them out. And I will talk to you next week. I'm Madeline, and I'm the host of the Happiest Sober Podcast. I got sober in my 20s after a decade of gray area drinking, and the greatest plot twist of all time was realizing that alcohol, the thing that I thought made my life the most happy and fun and exciting, was actually the exact thing preventing me from living my happiest and best life. My mom is 40 years sober, and she joins me on my podcast very often. I like to call her my part-time co-host, and I also bring you solo episodes where I share my top tips, tricks, and mindset shifts in sobriety, and lots of how to's for navigating all the things sober from weddings to parties to holidays to bachelorette parties to trips. I'm also joined by so many guests who come on and share their sober stories and they're all so, so inspiring. I'm here to show you that life doesn't end when you quit drinking. In fact, it's very much the opposite. And no matter what your relationship was with alcohol, life can be the absolute happiest when you're sober. New episodes come out every Tuesday. You can listen to Happiest Sober Podcast wherever you get your podcasts.